Welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 11th of March 2017. I'm actually recording this diary on the Thursday because I'm going to be away all day tomorrow at a crime event in the locality. So it's about 20 minutes, half an hour's drive away from Carlisle and it's called the Crime and Publishment event. This is in Gretna or just outside Gretna which is where all the the marriages traditionally uh, take place. It's just up the road from Carlisle over the border in Scotland. So I'm going just for the one day. It's actually a three-day event, but I'm going on the Friday. So I won't be able to record this diary on the Friday because I will be sitting in a masterclass at the time when I should normally be recording. So on Friday, this is what I'm going to be going through at Crime and Publishment. The first session is called Using Forensics in Crime Writing. The second session is called Keeping Your Readers Reading. And the third session is called Setting Realistic Goals. And I've also booked in for an evening session, a Friday evening session, which is why I can't record this on Friday evening when I usually do, um, called Editing Made Easy. Now, there are other things going on over the weekend, but because I'm, I've got to finish off dead of night, I thought, right, I'm going to go for the Friday because that's where all the sessions are packed in. And I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to immerse myself in a weekend of crime writing with crime authors, presumably mainly from the north, but hopefully some people will have travelled from the south up for this event. And uh, really looking forward to it because it is my first crime event. So I've attended general self-publishing events before. And of course, my previous books have been sci-fi dystopian. But now I'm launching myself in this crime psychological thriller genre area. And so I'm really looking forward to mix it up a little bit um, over the weekend and immersing myself in those events. So in terms of my writing this week, it's all been a little bit um, juggled around. So today, Thursday, I've just come off recording an interview with Mark Edwards, who is a psychological thriller writer. And if there was an author that I'm trying to be like or to mimic, if somebody said, you know, who, who inspires you? Who do you want to write like? It would be Mark Edwards. Now, if you'd have asked me a little while ago before I discovered Mark, I'd have told you when I read Harlan Coben and I read Linwood Barclay. And in terms of my crime stuff, that, that's what I want it to be like. I don't mean I'm trying to mimic them, but the reason I enjoy reading those stories is because they get on with it. There's no hanging around, no lengthy descriptions. You know, it's all fairly action oriented. Um, they they finish the chapters on, on cliffhangers. They write in smaller blocks. So there's no great long sustained chapters. They just get on with it and they split up, split up the chapters into parts and you're not hanging around waiting for something to happen. They're a very low patience reader. So Linwood Barkley and Harlan Coben, I've read... Um, for years and and it was actually Harlan Coben who got me into this genre uh, and it's isn't it remarkable I saw a newspaper advert for his book Tell No One and I think that was his breakthrough novel I think maybe he was on Richard and Judy at the time some, something like that and I remember looking at the cover of the title thinking oh yeah absolutely I, that's perfect for me and I went out and bought it which is very unusual for me to do it in that way uh, in paperback in those days uh, loved it, became hooked on his books, and it, it's kind of led me to where I am now in terms of my writing. But Mark Edwards is a UK-based psych- psychological thriller author, rather than Linwood and, and Harlan, who are both um, USA-based. 
And, um, you know, Mark, Mark writes more, I think it's fair to say about, um, you know, modern relationships. He, he has um, sex scenes in there as well. Um, they're darker, but they're more domestic uh, in nature. And Mark's catchphrase, which I identify with completely, is scary things happen to ordinary people. So when I'm sketching out the thrillers, that's what I'm thinking of all the time. So really, really keen to talk to Mark and, and really happy to talk to him for the podcast. It's, it's a little bit of a longer episode that it's um, it's going to be an hour and 10, I think, even by the time it's edited down, but lo- loads of great stuff. And Mark has a, an amazing author journey that just displays such resilience that's why I think it's a really educative story for this podcast because, you know, a lot of us are in places that he's been in his past and it, it just proves that if you keep going at it, you, you can have that breakthrough moment. So apologies, I'm, I'm skipping all over the place here um, with my thoughts, but um, Mark Edwards uh, just recorded that interview. But as I say, I, I want to, to write the way that he does with his novel. So it was informative for me too, as an author, to be chatting to Mark. So I, I, I can't write this week. Uh, well, I sorry, I can, but it's going to be on Saturday, so it'll be retrospective for you. But I'm planning to write 5,000 on Saturday. I was going to write today, but then just domestically, a couple of things come up. And um, you'll have probably noticed listening to these diaries that I'm, I, I can't write 1,000 words here, 500 there. I have to sit down, and, and many people express amazement that I can write 5,000 words. But actually, you know, yes, I can write five or 6,000 words in a day, Actually, I can't write 500 in a day. That I have to sit down. I have to block my time. I have to do it without distraction. Forget distraction; it's deadly for me. Um, so today is is so mixed up, you know, because Mark booked dinner. I wanted to make sure I caught Mark at a time that was convenient for him. So we recorded 10 till 11, um, and then I've got other things domestically happening later in the day. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to get written today because I don't have the focus that I know that I need to get my 5,000 words done. So um, I'm not going to write today. I am going to write on Saturday. My wife's at work on Saturday, so I will you know, be up the minute she's out the door. I will be writing. And by the time I go to pick her up from work, the writing will be done. Now, because I'm in the last stages of my book now, uh, we're in the last, well, it's going to be, I need 8,500 words to hit 50 thousand words and I want to keep this on on that target I don't want it to ramble on it's got to be completely tight and focused so I I might actually um what tends to happen at the end of the books I get so excited that I just have to keep writing so Saturday might be an eight thousand worder day or I might write on Saturday and Sunday or the last scheduled day to finish that book is next Friday Friday the 17th so it's going to be finished by Friday the seventeenth uh, of March. I've committed to send it to my my editor Helen on Monday, the twentieth of March. So, <laughs> ironically, what, what's going to be happening over next week is I'm I'm going to start reading the beginning of Dead of Night before I finish the end of it because the first thing I always do with my drafts is I my wife reads it so my, my wife will have to catch up with the bit that I'm writing now so uh, if, if you're following the plot still here um, she's read the first whatever it is 40,000 words now and, and put her changes and comments and observations so the first thing I do is I work through those then I go through it with a fine tooth comb and then at that point I send it to Helen Fazal and that's what I need to be I need to be in that state for Monday the 20th of March so next week I'm working three days next week I won't have much appetite or energy to do you know much work on it but I thought I would work on my wife's edits for the first 40,000 words on the Monday and Wednesday of next week I'm booked in to do an Alliance of Independent Authors webinar on the Tuesday 
Uh, not sure what that's going to evolve just yet, but we'll soon find out, no doubt. So um, I'm going to do my wife's changes up to Wednesday, f- finish the book potentially on the Friday, and then be working all the following weekend on it, making sure that it's in a fit state for, for Helen to take. Now, um, the, the good thing about my, my books is I, I write quite accurately. So, um, you know, when, when some authors say, oh, you know, I needed to do this and, you know, erase all those words and, and this, that and the other, I generally don't experience that, though I have. Um, I got really, really stuck on the grid three. It was interesting talking to Mark Edwards, actually, just in the past hour, where he was saying that he had he had a book where he just he just got stuck on it. And I did with the grid three. I remember thinking, you know, it's all beautifully set up. But I just don't know what to do with it. I just don't know how to finish this book. I don't know how to get out of all these things that I've set up. And I had to leave it for a month or two um, over Christmas um, to just let it sift and, and digest in my mind. Um, I don't usually experience that problem, even though I did with the Grid 3. And again, fortunately, with Dead of Night, um, I've just rattled through this one. Um, and, and clearly, I've got to bring it to a point. I'm, I'm not quite sure how it's good to end. I know all the components... Um, but but I, I'm not quite sure how it will end. But actually, I trust the process of emergence. I know that when I start to write it, because I know all the key things that have to happen, I know that it will it will sort itself out. I even know what the last you know scene is. I always like to f- finish with that last film like scene, which is after the events, so you kind of see how it all works out. So I know how that's all going to happen. But I got to keep it tight. I got to keep it to fifty thousand. I you know I could make it go on and on, but I don't want it to. I've got to bring this thing to a halt. So that's my struggle. Uh, so quite a lot of work coming up uh, between, before, between now and the 20th of March. And then, of course, on the 23rd of March, the first three books, which are on pre-sale. And I'm delighted to say, although it's only a handful, I'm starting to make pre-sale orders on those books now. Um, they get launched on the 23rd of March. So, you know, wow, uh, got quite a last rush now until the end. Now, I was working on those three books over the weekend. I worked through five editions of the book in Vellum over last weekend. Um, now, if I was doing that by hand, in the old days, I used to, what did I used to do? I used to take the finished Word file, upload it to KDP, I would download it as HTML, I would correct and format the HTML, because I'm geeky and I know how to do that, and then I would upload the HTML as my final version. i got to tell you, Vellum is just wonderful. Now, I know, I think for about the last four or five weeks, you've heard me say about Vellum, but honestly, the whole purpose of this podcast is to share information if you're not using vellum now please 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 check it out if you're formatting your own books it's absolutely brilliant it's like it just reads your mind it just gets it absolutely right i did have a little problem with vellum at the weekend actually and i think it was less a problem with vellum and more a problem with word but i i got into a problem with smart quotes and straight quotes um and it, this is a real problem you know moving from Scrivener to Word, you know, back to Scrivener, then back to Word, and then into Vellum. And I got caught in straight quotes hell, and I needed them to be smart quotes. So um, that was a little problem. I think it was Word that got me into that fix, and I, I did manage to sort it out. But it was a bit of a nuisance, uh, to be honest with you. But uh, as I say, I put the blame on Word rather than Vellum there. Um, but it, it, it's just I just got five packages done over the weekend. So I did all the single books. I did books two and three in a in a package and I did books one two and three in a three book box set which is hard to say um and it took me no time at all and it was 
stress-free. And you know, it's really easy doing box sets with vellum too, because once you've processed the first three books, you just drop them in and, and you make them part of a book. Now, if you ever, if you've bought any of my early books, you'll know that I haven't put indexes on. And the reason I haven't got indexes in those books, I've never had a complaint about it, mind you, but the reason I don't have indexes in my books is too much faff. Um, but now with vellum, of course, vellum does the indexes for you. So um, in a box set, those indexes could potentially get really complicated, but in vellum, it's beautiful. You, you bring in each of the three formatted books. You tell them, I can't remember what the phrase is they use, but you tell them they're part of a of a volume, I think it is, is the phrase they use. And so it automatically creates indexes for each of the three novels within a box set. Absolutely superb. I mean, I'm sorry, but I am going to keep saying how brilliant vellum is, because it is. And you must try it if you're formatting your own books. Uh, and, and if you've got a PC then please look at my, go to paulteague.com, look at my blog post on how to use Vellum on a PC, because that's how I'm doing it, and I'm having no problems at all. So you can use Vellum as a PC user perfectly easy, but you've got to do a couple of steps, which I show in the video on my blog post. So please check that out. Um, so those books are ready to go. Started to get some pre-orders. I have no crime list. I have no crime readers at the moment. So it's ground zero as far as this is concerned. So I'm not holding my breath. What I'm going to have to do is do some promos. I'm going to take part in some Insta Freebie um, crime uh, promos. Uh, I'm going to run a crime promo myself. So I'm going to build a crime list. And then by the time I've got the trilogy, Dead of Night done, and the next book, which is probably going to be called Gated, I've got a a sales funnel there, and then I'll have a list, and that's when I expect to start selling the books. I don't expect to start selling the books straight away because I have no, I have a zero crime audience at the moment, and I'm going to have to build that from scratch. Um, ironically, this takes me on to my next point here: is that I've been running my my giveaway this week, my Insta freebie giveaway, and I've now got loads and loads of, um, I say, you know, loads and loads. I've got a couple of thousand now. Um, people who like reading sci-fi dystopia and of course I'm moving them through my existing funnel with the secret bunker and the grid but of course I haven't got a dystopian and sci-fi book out which is what I could really do with at this moment in time because I've just added loads of people to my list over the last couple of weeks so you know great planning on my part um, but next time I write a sci-fi dystopian book um, at least I've got a nice list now it must be two two and a half thousand um, I've been running my own insta freebie giveaway this week so I've taken part in one and I'm holding my own and in the last three and a half days, I've added 342 new subscribers to my sci-fi dystopian list. It's going really well, actually. We've only got 40 people taking part in this giveaway. Um, so it's going really well. I'm very happy with it. Um, but I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to take part in somebody else's first. Then I'm going to hold my own crime giveaway. And I'm going to have to work really hard and fast to generate a crime um, list of subscribers so that I can start to push those books um, as I release them quite fast. But as I say, it's ground zero with a crime audience to me. I, I don't have crime readers other than those readers I've already got who in my email mail funnel sequence, I've said, look, I'm writing thrillers. They're pretty well like my sci-fi dystopian, except they don't have all the gizmos and the lasers and the space battles and things. They don't have any of that stuff in, but they're the same. It's the same writing effectively. It's thrillers. You know, my sci-fi dystopian books are fast-paced action thrillers. They just happen to be set in futuristic environments. Um, my normal thrillers are, you know, hopefully the same pacing, same excitement and the and the cliffhangers and all that sort of stuff. They just don't have the space stuff in it. They're just about normal people in normal situations. Um, so... Uh, I, I'm sorry for being all over the place in this diary because there's just a lot going on, as you can tell. Um, but I'm very happy with the giveaway 
um, th- that I've been doing. I've had some lovely feedback from people who are participating, saying it's professional. You know, they love the way I've organised it because I've put a twenty-pound um, Amazon gift voucher. There's a prize for the top promoter. I'm updating the leaderboard every day. I'm tracking the links, which I haven't seen anybody do. Uh, no one else is doing that, as far as I could see, in Insta Freebie. And to me, as an internet marketer, I want to know if I'm partnering up with you, I want to know if you're shirking or whether you're a power promoter. And I've already uh, contacted my power promoter. This guy sent more clicks than I can. By the way, I'm second in my own giveaway. So I've sent something like 500 and something unique clicks to, to the giveaway. And I think the top promoter has sent twice that. And then everybody else is, is, is below is below me, below 500. I think the next one after me is about 300 and something, uh, you know, which is all fine. But my top promoter, he's clearly somebody I need to be talking to and partnering with on future promotions. And I have to say from the self-centered point of view of doing this, you know, I am capturing people. I'm getting all this traffic because I'm capturing it in my cookies for Facebook, Twitter and Google. But also I'm seeing who the power promoters are, who I need to be teaming up with perhaps for joint box sets promotions with my sci-fi stuff. So that that's my interest in running this, as well as obviously running a giveaway and getting subscribers. I have more strategic interests in running this giveaway. Now, another thing that occurred to me as well, and I think I might have mentioned this in last week's diary, is that um, something that struck me and something I've wanted to try for a, a while, I've never had a cause to use it, is something called WordPress Multisite, which is effectively where you could easily clone WordPress sites um, on your domain name. And I've, I've never installed a WordPress multi-site. And when I uh, did my giveaway, I changed it to WordPress multi-site last week and, and found some plugins. Because one of my ideas, just one of these ideas at the back of my mind, is that, you know, could I could I sell ready-made Insta freebie giveaways for other authors? So if, you know, if you're technically challenged, you can't even create a website you're not going to be able to run your own insta freebie but on a wordpress wordpress multi-site i can actually clone my giveaways really really easy it just replicates them time and time and time again with a click of a button and i can give people their own logins and i was working out can i create um, a registration form in google docs um, for people to sign up and can i clone that so i was basically working out can i turn this into an industrial process that i can sell to other people um, and, and, you know, and what work is involved in one of these things um, and how much would I need to charge for it? And would then that charge be worth it to people? Um, you know, is it too much? Now, at the moment, having done this giveaway, you know, working with people, you know, could be a delight and it could be a pain. But as ever, you ask for certain bits of information, you know, send me your Insta freebie link to your author page. You don't get it. They send you another link. Then you have to go hunting for the right link. And, and, and because people don't do as they're told or they don't follow the instructions, you're then having to chase around mopping up after them. So, th- you know, this is where you lose the efficiency in this process. If I were doing a couple of these for other authors, I'm going to have to go through all of this four or five times, you know, mopping up after people who can't follow the instructions to put the right links in so uh, th- th- I'm kind of I'm a bit s- you know stuck on it at the moment thinking mm, I could do this what would people pay for it because I could give somebody access to one of these sites uh, and, and maybe if I charge them for a year for it so they got access for a year which means that they could if they wanted to they could hold 12 insta freebie giveaways you know one a month for a year something like that so they get a lot of subscribers off that what can I charge them what would be of interest to somebody and I'm thinking you know, really to be worth my while it's gonna have to be 200 quid uh, to be worth my while doing that um not only because of the mopping up and then i'm thinking well if i could if i could sell that to people 
and I don't do any of the work, you know, could I build some training in there, which is that there you go, I've done the site for you, I've done all the tech, it's all set up for you. All you've got to do is find people to take part in it, put the book covers in, it's all very easy. I've done all the tech for you and then get on with it and promote it. So, you know, could I arm's length it like that? So I'm I'm, I'm thinking about this one. It feels like a be careful what you wish for venture this one in that I might start this up and think, oh my goodness, what have I done? You know, there's not enough money in this and there's too much hassle. So um, that that's on the pending pile at the moment, but it would be very easy for me to do. So if you've got any thoughts on that, um, you know, what would that be worth to you as an author to have somebody like me just, just clone my site and, and just give it to you and you load it up with whatever your genre is romance crime you know fantasy whatever it is you do non-fiction and you just get the authors you fill it up you promote it but you have none of the technical hassles involved in there you know what what would that be worth to you so very interested to just hear your thoughts on that because I'm, I'm really not sure whether I'm going to do this or not just yet in my email exchanges with my editor Helen Fazal this week and if you want to hear Helen chatting about editing by the way um, she's on the podcast. Um, just do a search in the search box for Helen Fazal. I should have done my research and checked what episode number that was, but it's um, it's one of the early ones. I think it's 13 off the top of my head. Um, but um, check out Helen's interview because it's really, really interesting. But um, Helen was just asking me for dates through the year. We were just getting our dates organised because you know, people like Helen are busy and they can't just drop everything for me on a whim. So um, this is why I like to plan ahead and let people know what's coming up. So we agreed the schedule, which I'll share with you now. My next thriller is going to be handed over by the 3rd of July. I think that thriller is going to be called Gated, and I hope it's going to be launched on the 9th of August. If not the 18th of August, it will get launched. Uh, just depends whether Helen can turn it round in time, but she thinks she can. These are only 50,000 worders, by the way, so not only are they cheaper to, to get edited, uh, they're faster to get edited as well, because the other books I've been sending were twice the size. That's quite a different venture for Helen. So the book after that is going to be delivered by Monday the 2nd of October and I'll deliver my last book of the year by the 15th of December. So, so you know, I always say I might get knocked down by a bus, but hopefully I won't. Uh, so that would be by the end of the year, I've worked really fast to get seven thrillers out to, to establish myself both as a sci-fi writer where I've got six books out and a thriller writer. Those are the genres I want to write in. So I'll have seven thrillers. They'll, that will include one trilogy um, which longer term I don't want to discount. I just want to try and make money off that trilogy. And then four standalones. Now, the the other thing that I've found that I quite like is um, is I, like, I quite like when I get a good idea, a real solid idea, I, I start to write things down in the Novel Factory, which is how I plan my novels. Again, if you want to find out more about the Novel Factory, just do a search for it in the search box on the podcast and listen to my interview with Catcher Kane. Uh, Catcher is the creator of the Novel Factory software, and I, and I love it. It's like Vellum. It's one of these softwares where you find somewhere or something that you love. You know, I just can't enthuse about it enough, and I love the Novel Factory software. So... Um, when I when I get these ideas and I sort of think, yep, that's a story, I can see that now uh, in, in very broad terms. Something I found that I really like doing is I, I go on to Photolia.com, which is where I get my, my, my images, stock shots for blogs and things like that. And I find a, a, a photo that kind of sums up my, my vision of the story. And then I've been creating covers for these stories. So um, I've created um, a cover for Gated. 
I've created one for Left for Dead, which is another story that I've got planned. And then I had another story. This actually came when I was listening to the Today program, which is a, a news program, a daily uh, news program from the BBC in the UK. And there's a story uh, which I think has been an international story, a, a, you know, quite a distressing story about a backpacker, um, you know, who's been held hostage for a couple of months. And when I heard that story, I just got this great idea um, not to mimic that story, but to, to base it on that ex- on that experience, that idea that you might go backpacking and then something awful happens to you. Um, so I, that's going to be my fourth story. So I, again, you know, things might change over the years, but I've created three covers and I'll put those on the resources page. So my next stories are going to be called Gated, Left for Dead and Backpacker. And um, they're, they're all kind of based on different things. Left for Dead is based on some work I did years ago, years ago. It must be in the 90s. It was a project I did for the BBC when I was a journalist called The Search. And um, it was based around missing people around the country. And I was working in Hull at the time. And um, I had, um, because that was my job at the time, uh, to go and report and create some content for these stories. And I had to do two interviews based around missing people in, in Hull. And and one of them, um, it, it's funny how these things stay with you through your life, isn't it? Because I, I talked to this young lad's um, sister. He was he must have been 19, 18, 19. And she was the younger sister and she looked up hugely to him. And, and people you know, are so um, distressed about this when people go missing and, you know, the, the last evidence is just a bit of CCTV and there's no evidence of, of violence or foul play, but these people just disappear off the face of the earth. And, and this guy's bedroom had been left as it was. They'd leave the rooms there in case they ever come back. They just expect them to come walking back through the door. And um, that's such a, that, that was such a compelling um, experience for me as a reporter and it's it stayed with me. And I wanted to write a story around it, around this concept of somebody disappearing and then coming back. Uh, and that's what Left for Dead is going to be uh, based around. Um, so it's funny where these things come from. There's one from a news story there. Left for Dead is from a personal life experience. I'm just trying to think where Gated is from. can't remember where Gated is from. Um, but I'm watching a brilliant thing on a brilliant series on uh, Netflix at the moment. I do recommend it to you if you like crime psychological thrillers. And it's called Startup. And... I think the title is deceptive because you'd think it was something like, you know, somebody starting up Facebook and it's full of geeks. Absolutely not. It's a psychological uh, crime drama. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, so compelling. And you know, I can't stop watching it. It's one of those. And and, and Gated is going to be like that in look and feel. And it's it's kind of based loosely around tech. You don't need to be a geek to get it. It's based loosely around a startup. Um, but it's crime psychological. Brilliant, brilliant book. Just exactly the, the kind of story that I love you know, to to read and to watch with multiple levels, different characters, intrigue, twists, love that kind of stuff. So um, again, sorry, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place this week. I do apologise for that. <laughs> but uh, do check out Startup on Netflix if you've got Netflix. And that is my kind of plan for the year. And I'll put the covers on the resources page so you can take a look. Now, they probably won't be the final covers. Okay, they're not. But, but they, in terms of me creating a look and feel and being able to visualize what I'm going to write that's why I'm using those and I'm finding that a really handy tool at the moment again I've kind of launched my thrillers my crime books with with non-professional covers um I haven't uh, people seem to like those covers um but they're they're not you know very sophisticated um and, and to be honest with you the reason I stuck with them is if you look at Mark Edwards on on Kindle uh you know interestingly the, he's had covers that that have not gone through 
you know expensive designers i think um you know he knows somebody who provides the, the images for him and i think uh, sister-in-law creates the the covers so they're, they're not what you would call you know typical beautifully designed covers but they've shifted you know hundreds of thousands of copies um and and so my covers look a bit like his in look and feel which is what i'm trying to to, to, to use but frankly i can't afford i'm writing too fast and i cannot afford to pay couple hundred quid for covers at the moment i got to get the books out so what what my what i'm going to do is I, I need to get the books out need to get them edited those covers are okay they're not brilliant they're okay they're not like i just knocked them up on create space or kindle or anything like that but i i just want to get the work out and then we can come back afterwards so that i can improve those things when i've got the money to pay for the covers so my aspiration is to to get better covers on there i may, I may find out it's not a problem uh, but i do know that i need to get decent covers on those books or better covers on those books but for the time being i'm not going to hang around until i can afford it to pay all that money for those covers you know just for the trilogy if i pay it's going to be you know 1200 to 1500 pounds if i get if i pay to get proper covers put on those books it's just so much money so i've put my emphasis into making sure they're they're tight and edited and good to go making the content good but i am aware that i'm going to need to sort the covers out but you know rome wasn't built in a day i can't do everything at once bills to pay you've got to keep the cash flow going so the covers will have to come later uh, but I'm writing faster than I can create the money to uh, to put the covers on the books at the moment, which is a little bit crazy, I suppose. So there's uh, all sorts of news there. Um, but to summarise, I'm at a course on Friday when I should be writing this. I'll report back to you on that in next week's diary. I'm writing on Saturday. In the next diary, I might be coming to you telling you that I finished Den of Night, or I might be coming to you saying you know that I just finished it on the Friday I record the diary. So not quite sure. It's a flexible feast, but I got a certain amount of work to do and it all has to be done by Monday the 20th of March because Helen needs my Dead of Night book by then. And by the way, I don't know whether I mentioned this last week, but I decided to put myself under even more pressure and Dead of Night is actually available on pre-sale now. So it's up for pre-sale on May the 3rd. Uh, and there's nothing like a deadline to make sure that the work gets done. But I'm, I'm confident it'll, it'll it'll all be there. It'll be fine, don't worry. <laughs> so I'm, I'm confident that it'll all happen. So apologies that I've been all over the place this week. Uh, but hopefully within there, there's lots of nuggets and bits of news and things that you can use. I'll be back next Friday. It'll be I will record it next Friday uh, with another podcast diary. My guest on Monday's podcast is Marita King. Uh, Marita is inspired by watching Star Trek. That's the William Shatner version, and, and no doubt the new versions too, but it was originally inspired by watching the original Star Trek series. And also Blake 7, which you might not know if you're listening elsewhere in the world, but it was a really huge sci-fi series from the BBC in the 70s. I certainly used to watch it when I was a kid and love it. And it was one of the things actually that inspired my love of sci-fi too, which is why it was so great talking to Marita because we had so many of the same um, influences. Um, so Marita is going to be on the show on Monday. She's the creator of the Lilayan Chronicles, the Sinclair Vlog series, and several standalone stories. Now, I really want you to listen to Marita if you're a self-published author, because um, I, I came across Marita for another reason. Uh, but um, when I was doing my research on her, she'd written a really very, very strong blog post in which she articulated the pain of being a self-published author who's just really struggling and thinking that I might never make it, having to deal with that that problem that many of us face. You know, I'm doing all this work, but I might never make it. I might always be a kind of slush pile author. And, and it was very uh, emotional and very uh, compelling, but I felt that that blog post spoke to 
the fears and the struggles that most of us will have as indie authors. You know, unless you get that hit book straight away, it's a very long journey uh, and, a, and often a difficult one for most of us to try and get that breakthrough. So, don't you know, if you don't like sci-fi, don't be put off by the sci-fi element of that. Please make sure you catch the conversational piece about struggling as an indie author. But that's with Marita King, and Marita's my guest on the podcast this following Monday. So please have a great week of writing. I look forward to reporting back to you next week for the podcast diary. We'll speak soon. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.